Hello and welcome to episode number 50 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, the producer of the podcast, and today's episode is entitled Mentoring. Thank you all so much for listening to the show and getting us to 50 episodes, as well as for making The Heart of Teaching 15th in Feedspot's top 90 teacher podcasts. Your support means the world to us, so truly thank you for sticking with us. If you know anybody in the community that's making a difference, send us a DM on Instagram. We'll shout them out on an upcoming episode and explain their impact on the community. This week, we'd like to recognize Dr. Mike Mastranko, who works in the emergency room at both Royal Columbian Hospital in New Westminster and Eagle Ridge Hospital in British Columbia, Canada. Dr. Mastranko has worked tirelessly on the front lines of this pandemic, helping all those in need with kindness and compassion, and earning him the respect of his colleagues, patients, and friends. Thanks, Dr. Mastranko, for what you do, and, more importantly, how you do it. If you haven't done so already, be sure to follow us on Instagram. The link to do so is available in the episode description. The Heart of Teaching proudly supports Mom Stop the Harm. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to the 50th episode of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Dave Ruzicki with my friend and producer and grade 12 student, Nathan Rivers, and thanks so much for joining us today. Before I begin this episode, I'd like to thank all of you who've listened to our episodes this past year. You know, your loyalty and your support, it's greatly appreciated. So thank you on behalf of myself and Nathan. And speaking of Nathan, honestly, this podcast would never have happened if he didn't agree to help me out last October. And he does all the editing and the fine-tuning, and he posts all of the episodes and adds the commentary, and he's been absolutely amazing. And lastly, I'd like to thank my wife, Janet, for her support. And she manages all the uh, Instagram postings with the pictures, as well as giving me some great advice and ideas whenever I ask. So thanks to my friends, thanks to my family, and let's see if we can make it to 100. Now, getting back to this episode... I'm going to be talking to you about mentoring and how I believe that the more we talk to our kids and mentor them as teachers, coaches, and parents about doing the right things in life, regardless of how small they may seem, how those good things eventually start to define who our kids are. Now, I've talked to you about projects my students have done in the past regarding outreach programs for those in need, but you need to understand that teaching our kids about doing the right thing is an ongoing process. We can't be a one-and-done and and a good-to-go teacher. And what I mean by that is we as teachers need to continually enforce the concept that we need to reach out to those in need when given that opportunity. And sometimes as teachers, we think naively that those concepts, the ones I'm talking about, are taught in the homes of the students that we teach. And you might be shocked and surprised to learn that maybe we are the only ones mentoring our kids about making a difference. Now, before I actually talk to my students about making a difference, I often share my early years growing up, and I I talk to them about the lessons I learned and the mentoring that I experienced from my parents, my mom and dad, and the impact that those moments had on me. And the truth is, for the most part, all of us are in some form or another, whether it's good or bad, a product of our environment. Now, I was very blessed and very fortunate to have two parents who not only cared and loved me, 
but continually and almost on a daily basis kept me thinking about trying to be a difference maker. I know my mom used to say to me, she goes, if you want to feel better about who you are, do something for someone else. Now, the reason I let the kids into my world about when I was growing up is it actually gives them some context and they know that I'm speaking from the heart. Now, I usually share this story that I'm about to tell you with my students because it, it illustrates the lessons that I learned from my mom and my dad. And I probably would have been about seven or eight and uh, we were going shopping one Saturday and I wanted this box of cereal. It was Captain Crunch and it tasted awesome, but it also had these prizes, these toys that you get in each box. Well, back in the day, it was relatively expensive. My parents didn't have a ton of money. So on that day, I didn't get, I didn't get Captain Crunch. I got a generic brand of cornflakes. I was upset and I started to pout and I pouted all the way home. Parents didn't say anything to me. They just let me be. And uh, when I actually got home, my dad uh, got out of the truck and I was jumping out of the truck with my mom and my dad uh, took one of the largest bags of groceries and he started heading up uh, the street with them. And I kind of blurted out, I asked him where he was going and he turned and he said to me, he goes, the neighbors need some gifts. And then he started to walk away with these groceries. And once again, I kind of blurted out and I said, how come we've got no money for Captain Crunch, but we've got money to give to the neighbors? And then my mother really sternly said to me, she goes, as little money as we have, David, the neighbors have less. Then my dad kind of stopped and he yelled out for me and he said, I want you to go with me. And I told him, I said, no. And his reply, he said, I'm not asking you, David, I'm telling you. So off uh, we went, both of us up the street. Now, when we arrived, my dad knocked at the door and a young woman answered and she had two small children with her. My dad said we had brought them some food and um, she started to cry and she hugged my dad and I wasn't actually used to seeing strange women hugging my dad but in this moment it seemed okay I could tell that they had very little and I could tell that they were really poor my father set the groceries down and she came over to me as well and thanked me and hugged me I noticed that she had limped when she walked and I found out later that she had this disease called multiple sclerosis and I also found out that her husband had run off on her and uh, his family when she had gotten sick. As young as I was, I felt terrible, especially about wanting something and pouting because I didn't get it. And here it was this family who virtually had nothing. And once again, it was very young. Now, the impact of that moment has stuck with me all my life, and I'm 63. And the lessons I learned at that moment about helping those in need were invaluable. Now, you know what, I could go on and on regarding my parents' generosity and kindness from rescuing dogs, rabbits, birds, families, and children, but you get the picture. I also share an incident with the kids that happened more recently, and it was related to my mother and related to cancer. And it was actually when my mom was unwell and I was in the hospital. I was actually in the hospital cafeteria. I was waiting for some results after a procedure that she had done. Now, my mom was in the recovery room and I was waiting to speak to the doctor. And honestly, I was feeling helpless. If you've had any friends or family who have dealt with this disease, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, I was actually waiting in line in this cafeteria to buy a muffin and a tea. And this older gentleman in front of me, ahead of me, was trying to pay for a sandwich. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't look well. And he was trying to pay for his stuff with dimes and quarters. And I think the bill was probably around five seventy-five or whatever. And I think he was a little bit short as well. I looked and I felt bad for him and I told the cashier that I'd buy my new friend his lunch. 
Well, she just stopped for a moment and stared at me. He looked at me and he insisted. He said, no, I'm all right. I, he says, I can pay for this. And at that moment, I actually confided in him and the cashier. I told him that my mom was very sick and I felt terrible and I felt helpless. And my mom had told me when I was younger that if you want to feel better, to do something kind for someone else. And I asked him, I asked him if he'd allow me this moment to feel better about myself and buy him this lunch. He smiled at me and he said that I hope God blesses both you and your mother. He thanked me and he left. Now, I paid for my stuff and uh, I was going to go and sit down when, when the waitress stopped me for a brief moment and she was staring at me and she said, I've never seen that done before. I just kind of smiled at her and she went on and she said, I hope your mom gets well and I have a feeling she's, she's going to be fine. Well, I just moved to the table and, and again I sat down. Now, my mom did get well. But I'll tell you, for those moments in that cafeteria when I had helped that elderly gentleman, for a brief moment or for several moments, it felt like the clouds had actually lifted off my shoulders and I felt good. And that was a result of what my parents had taught me and what they had mentored. Now, once again, I share this incident with the kids, not because I want recognition, but I want to illustrate that all of us need to try and do the right thing when the opportunity presents itself. And a random act of kindness in my world, honestly, is an awesome way of feeling better about myself and who I am as a person. And these life lessons I was taught and mentored, and once again, I have my parents to thank for that. Now, I'm going to go back to what I had said earlier in this episode. So as teachers and coaches, what if our students don't get these life lessons? You know, I really believe we have a responsibility as teachers and coaches to talk about this stuff on a regular basis. And we may be the only true mentors our students and players may ever have. Now, if their parents do talk about these life lessons, what better way for us to add credibility to their parents' words than by reinforcing those lessons in our classrooms that we teach in and the fields and gyms we coach in. Whether we want to admit it or not, our mentorship and guidance is as much part of our profession and as important as any curriculum and any content. And that's the truth. This is Dave Rizicki with Nathan Rivers. Thanks again for being with us. Please take care, be well, and as always, peace. Peace.